right? That's what, that's what we saw. So let's just quickly make sure that we remember what we saw yesterday. There begins the Maimar, Anila Doidi Vadaidi Li, Anila Doidi is Elul, the Avaida from below, Isarusa the Latata, arousal from below, Vadaidi Li is the arousal from above in Tishrei. Ay, why is Vadaidi Li, which is Tishrei, why is that part of the acronym for Elul? Because it's based on the Avaida done during the month of Elul. Right, Elul is the preparation for the Vadaidi Li of Tishrei, so the Vadaidi Li is part of the acronym of Elul. That's the first thing the Rebbe said. Then the question was asked, well, there must be, but, but there must be some expression of the Daidi Li in Elul itself because it's actually part of the acronym of Elul. Right? So the Rebbe, the Rebbe answered, what is, what is the expression of uh, the Daidi Li in Elul? Wasn't it, um, um, Yom Kippur? No, that Elul, Yom Kippur is not in Elul. That there's an Atinas Kayach and anyone who wants to meet the king can meet the king. Okay, as a result of what? That's that's the result of the Daidi Li, but what is the Daidi Li itself? It's from above. That's true, that's what Daidi Li is. What is it? Yud Gimom Yudgimomidasarachim. Like the Arizaltaras, that in Elul is a revelation of the Yud Gimomidasarachim. Right? Aye, then why is that not first Daidi Li Vaniloi? Because after all, that revelation happens right away as soon as Elul starts, and I haven't done anything yet. I haven't done my Aveda Vanila Daidi, and there's already a Vadaidi Li, there's already a revelation of the Yudgum Yisrachim, and that's happened already. Right? As, uh, as soon as Rosh Chodesh Elul comes. Oh, so that explains that it's only in Asinus Kayach, it's only an empowerment, and it's not a Yisarus, it's not an arousal from above. So it maintains the character of Anila Daidi. Right? Okay. That's what the Rabbi taught us yesterday. Two things about, about the, the revelation of Yudgum Yisrachim in, in El. One is that revelation is even for, the, for those farthest away. That's one idea. The second idea is that it's only an, an empowerment and not an arousal. In order to explain that, the Alter Rabbi brings the Moshalav, Melech Besad. Okay? That's what we got to yesterday. Very good idea to spend some time between 8.30 in the morning and 7.30 the next morning, reviewing what we saw the night before, or else the mime will be completely makiftik and you won't remember anything, and it'll be a nice experience, and maybe you'll remember the jokes, but you won't remember the mime. Right, you want to remember the mime, or you have to review it. Very, very few people in the world can, do, can really learn something without reviewing it. The geniuses do, but most of us are not that. Okay, so let's just start Gimel again, because... Uh, we only did three lines. And in order to explain these two ideas, regarding the revelation of the Yud one being the Gilu of Elul, the revelation of Elul is to every single one Gamla Rechaikim B'Yesi, even those farthest away, and two. Sha'afal pikain, hagilui, nevertheless, this gilui ainu ma'erer asadam, it doesn't arouse a person. Vurak nasinus kerech, it is only an empowerment. Right, and we'll, we'll see more and more the difference between those two. I mean, we, we understand the difference between them basically. What, what the empowerment is, we'll see more and more, especially through the Marshal of Melech Pesadam. Mam shikh baha maimer, shagilui, the yudgimamis rachim shabelo. He continues in the Maimer, the Alter Rebbe, the Rebbe's quoting the Alter Rebbe's Maimer, continues in the Maimer that the revelation of the Yudgum Misrachim Shabelo, who Dugmas Melech is like the king in the field. Oh, so now the Rebbe's going to teach us the Marshal of King in the Field. The Miachilukim, 
amongst the differences between Melech Besada, between the king in the field, Umelech Bechole, and the king in his palace, Heim Shnei There's two major differences between the king in the field and the king in his palace. Benegeya regarding Ladargas Agilui, the level of revelation, regarding the, 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 the quality of the revelation that one gets, Iker Hagilui, the essential revelation, I'm glad someone did that, Hananya, I feel better. Iker Hagilui, the, the essential revelation of Melech Beyofye, the king in his beauty, his glory, Techezene Necha, the Rebbe is just continuing, Apostle, uh, you your eyes will behold. Where is it that you see the greatest glory of the king? That's when the king is in his palace. That's when you see the king's really the king. He's sitting on his throne. He's got his crown. He's got his scepter, probably some sort of you know, thing over his shoulders that makes him look very royal and regal and powerful and scary. Very frightening. Right. Today we have a problem that we don't have kings and queens. So we don't understand what absolute authority is all about. When, when there was a very famous story, there was a chassid in Russia at the time of the revolution. His name was David Hardoker. David of Hardok. Hardok was a town. Now, Hardok was also the seat of a very, very famous Hasidic Rebbe, but he had left Menachem Mendel Hardoker, who was also Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk, who who after the Maggid passed away, so, so the Alter Rebbe took Rav Menachem Mendel Haradokar as his Rav. But then Rav Menachem Mendel Haradokar left
Queen opening Parliament. Those of you who didn't grow up in a uh, country that is part of the British Commonwealth, <laughs> so you might not understand this, right? But um, there are probably people who don't even look at it anymore anyway, even in Canada, Australia, etc. But but do do yourself a favor. It's it's, it's a, you have to have a little. You'll you'll need twenty minutes or half an hour of. Uh, you can do it in short, or you can you know, push forward, you don't need that much time. But you need a little bit of patience, and, and watch the Queen opening Parliament. It's absolutely fascinating. That's the only time you ever see the Queen as a Queen. Like, okay, usually you see her you know, in some funny little outfit opening up, you know, with some new factory in Birmingham or something. She doesn't really do that very much either, because she's 90, whatever she is, right? Okay. In the old days, you'd see her do that. Now, you, the, the one time you can see what royalty really is, even though she's not really in charge, but you do see what royalty is. It's fascinating. She opens Parliament. She walks in, dressed like a queen. There's a throne in Parliament that is higher than every other seat in the room because she sits higher than everybody else. She walks with this train that's, I don't know, like nine miles long. She's got the crown jewels on her head. She's got more on her head than the gross national product of most countries. You know, she's got it on her head. And she's walking, you know, stolen from someone. I don't know who at some point the Brits stole it from someone. Right? And so walks along the whole thing. All the, all, they're all standing. Who are they? She's doing this in the house of Commons. Commons. Everything means something in England. It's so interesting. What's Common? a com house of Commons? What's a common? What's a commoner? Common folk. Regular folk, not royalty. There's the House of Lords. I think they're also there. I think the House of Lords, they, I think during opening of Parliament, they also sit there. They have a place to sit. No, I think she opens Parliament in the House of Commons. I know, you can look it up. As far as I know, it's in the House of Commons. There's, this, there's all sorts of pomp and circumstances. Like, you know, there's this guy who bangs on the door. and open. I mean, there's all this shtus that they do. Okay, but that's not the... What's really interesting is to, is to just notice her... She walks up, she sits down on her throne. She's got a throne up there. It's a chair, but it's a throne. It's where the king sits. She sits down, and she proceeds to tell Parliament which laws she would like them to pass in this session of Parliament. Now, she didn't make that up. The government sits with her and says, this is what we want to do, and could you please... It's all, it's all, you know, she's not really in charge anymore. But it's... She is on a certain level. She can dissolve Parliament if she wants to. She never does. There would be a riot, right? But I mean, she could say, okay, you're out. Forget it. Go away. She can do that. She has that power. But, but she just never wields it. But it, it, it's absolutely fascinating. You get a little glimpse into what royalty really is. Not mamish, because she's not really in charge. Right? But it, it, it's fascinating. Fascinating. And then you see Melech Buyofia. You say, whoa, like, wow, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance here. It happens to mostly just be chitzenius. If you're talking about a real king, so you're also awestruck by the existence of kings, you know that your life hangs in the balance as you're standing in front of the king. That's, that's the way it is when you're standing in front of a real king. Kishul belevushe malchus, when he's in the garments of malchus, or bekeser malchus, and with the crown. So certainly the greatest glory of the king is when the king is in his palace. Mashen king shu besodah. That's not the case when he's in the field. In the field, what does the king wear? Modern king, business suit. 
doesn't walk around with his crown and, and, a, and a you know and a thing over his shoulder. He walks around like everybody else, dressed like everybody else. And even in the old days, right? He's going to be. I mean, their clothes were very different than ours, but he'll be walk. He'll walk around dressed in a way that's much closer to what everybody else is wearing. Fancier. You can't afford his suit, okay? But he's wearing a suit. Right? He looks like everybody else, or she is wearing clothes that look like clothes that any other woman would wear when you're talking about the Queen of England. But the revelation itself, where do you actually get to see the king? When the king is in his palace, that's the, that's the qualitative expression of the greatness and, uh, and the majesty of the king. But you'll never see that. You're not there. You're not in the palace. Where can you see the king? Albeit qualitatively it's less, but quantitatively you get more revelation. Why? Well, because he's there. You can see him. He's in the field. He's out, he's out opening up a factory in Birmingham or wherever it happens to be. When he's in the field. said that when he is in his palace, they do not enter into him, except with permission. And who's given permission? Only the chosen people of the Ambi, Chidei Skula. Only very special people get to be in the presence of the king in his palace. Your average guy is never there. Members of the royal family, high-ranking ministers in the government, that's who's by the king, no one else. Ubiyesa Besada, when he's in the field, Rashaim, they are able. With an aleph, it means, with, a, with an ayin, it means evil people. But that's, that's a different word. Rashaim with an aleph is they are permitted. They have reshut. Right? They have permission. V'yechoilim, and they are able. If you look at footnote 11, it says, Hoysafis kveid gedush marichami admar. The sefer marmarim tafshin. In the Alter Rebbe's Mimer, it says they are permitted, lahak bil panav, to greet him, kol mishirets, anybody who wants. When the king is in the field, anybody who wants can go greet him, can go see him. The Friedrich Rebbe added the word v'yechaylim, they're able, because there are lots of things that you're permitted to do that you're not necessarily able to do. You're permitted, theoretically, to jump to the moon. <laughs> There's no law against jumping to the moon. You're just not able to jump to the moon. You are able to open the door to the king's chamber. You're able to do that. You're not permitted to do that, but you're able to do that. It's not a problem pushing the handle and pushing the door open. Right? Those are two completely different things. Okay, so the, the Alta Rebbe said, Rashaim, they're permitted to come see the king. The Friedrich Rebbe added to the Mushal when he discussed it in a mimer in Tafshin, 1940, the year the Rebbe got to America, that you, we are also able to go see the king. And here's the mushal. We're now in the mushal of the king. Now, this is only part of the mushal. It's very interesting. The Alter Rebbe's mushal is longer than this. The Rebbe just takes out the part about the king in the field. The Alter Rebbe's mushal is the king is going back to the city. On the way back to the city, he passes through the field. He meets people in the field, and he takes them with him to the city. But um, here, the Rebbe just talks about what happens in the field. Rishayim v'yechelim. They are permitted and able. Lahak bil panav. That means to greet, to literally accept his countenance, to see him. Call me Anybody who wants. 
Vamelech mekabel eskulam, and the king receives all of them, besever panim yafes. That means graciously. Umara, and he shows panim sheichakes or sheichakes lekulam to all. Now, what's panim sheichakes or sheichakes? Sometimes, I mean, you can listen to recordings of the Rebbe saying the uh, a mimer in Elul, and you'll hear the Rebbe say over the mushal of Melech Besada, whether it's in a mimer and a sicho, and sometimes the Rebbe will say panim seichakes, which means joyous. Sometimes the Rebbe will say panim sheichakes, which means shining. Right? In this mimer, it's very clear that the emphasis is on the notion of schoik, joy. So we'll say that, seichakes, every time. Okay, but the, but the Rebbe will say sometimes seichakes, sometimes sheichakes. It just depends where you put the dot on the shin or the sin, right? And it's not in the mimer. Okay? But again, in this mimer, we'll say case because you'll see later on in the mimer, the Rebbe talks about schoik, joy, all of that. That's clearly the emphasis here. <coughs> Though even sheichakes means happy, joyous, shining, positive, right? Okay. The king accepts every anybody who wants is able and is is permitted and able to go see the king, and the king accepts them warmly and shows them a joyous face. Okay, that's the mashal. All the pratim, all the details of that mashal, the Rebbe will explain to us as we go through the mind. In this way, in the analog, that which the parable comes to explain. The Rosh Hashanah of Yom Kippur, the revelation of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, in this vein, also in the ten days of Tshuva in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, even though, of course, they're only seven days, but that means Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are part of the ten days of Tshuva. Bechlal in general, Shuhu bedugmas, that's similar to Melech Behecholoi, that's like the king in his chambers. Hu beoifen, that is in a way, Shagilui, the revelation, Me'eres Adam, arouses a person. We talked about it length yesterday. Very hard, very hard to imagine a person who has any sensitivity whatsoever not being affected by the revelations of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur moves us, there's no question. How much? A little? A lot? Well, that depends on our Veda. But we're moved by it all. We're not the same person on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur that we are the rest of the year. And also the days in between. But especially Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. People don't talk about the same things. People don't think about the same things. People don't spend their time doing the same things. They you know, tend to be pretty serious. Because that revelation arouses us in us a desire to be close to the Abishtim. But Dugma similar to Melech Bechol, the king in his palace. Belavushi Malchus with the with the clothes of kingship. Bekesar Malchus and with the crown. Shuhu, the king in that state, Matil aim of Afachat, instills fear and dread. It's no joke, king. Aval. In order that a person should feel 
the revelation of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, in order that, a, and, and the Rebbe is going to talk about that later. We have said that on a certain level, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are more easy to tap into in terms of some sort of effect that it has on us. Okay, that's, so that's definitely true. But that effect is somewhat superficial, right? Meaning, it's not superficial to the extent that it's not real. We, we really feel it. But there, were we to prepare ourselves more, so then the true effect of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur on us would be much greater. And we can imagine, only imagine what Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is for big tzaddikim. Right? The Rabbi will talk about that later. Right? That to truly take advantage of the revelation of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, you have to be at a very, very high level. Right? By the Rebbe, so Yom Kippur, Ni'ilah, the Rebbe would not let us see his face. The Rebbe would cover his face completely through Ni'ilah. We weren't allowed to see his face. Where was he? Now, the Rebbe didn't do shtick like that, right? It wasn't like, you know, the Rebbe was trying to be holy. Didn't have to try to be holy, it just was. But I mean, I mean, holy in the English way, not kadosh. <laughs> right? Yeah, he just wasn't into it. Right? Wasn't into, you know, external shows of holiness. He never did it, ever. Right? Not the way the Rebbe dresses, not the way the Rebbe walks, talks, but nothing. It's not the way it happens. Yom Kippur? The Rebbe would cover his face for Nilo, completely. And the Rebbe would uncover his face at the end during Napoleon's march. Once the march started, the Rebbe would move the talus away. Let us see his face. But it was somewhere else. At the end of Yom Kippur. In the middle of Kaddish. Well, the best part, in, in many ways, it's the culmination of a, a very hard 26 hours of work. And also, uh, you know, in Saad the Nevshabhamis, well, we're going to eat soon. <laughs> I mean, all this hard work has just ended, and now we're going to dance. But, um, uh, yeah, the end, the end of the davening, Yom Kippur, which is very powerful. In the middle of Kaddish, sing Napoleon's March, then finish Kaddish. And then hopefully someone goes up and davens Marav at some speed that everybody can handle as opposed to, you know, <laughs> we just davened the whole day slowly. Why are you racing through Marav? You know, to, like for an extra two minutes, just slow down and you'll get your cinnamon bun later. I mean, what's the big deal? But anyway. So when do you see the king in all his glory? That's Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Now, to, again, to truly appreciate that, we have to be on a pretty serious level. But, but we all are affected by it one way or the other. In order for a person to truly feel this, meaning truly take advantage of it, this is essentially This is after a lot of Aveda, a lot of Aveda preparing himself sensitizing himself to this level of Elokul. Shal Yedei Zeh, by virtue of this avoid in, in, in Elo, who becomes one of the chosen of the people, and one of the special ones. And what's a, what do we know about those people? They get to go into the palace of the king. Now, the basic marshal of Melech Besode is that the king meets everybody in the field. The Alter Rebbe does not emphasize this, but the, the Ar Rebbe emphasizes it great in, uh, greatly, and, and other Rebbeim also, but the Ar Rebbe especially. The king meets everybody in the field. Then what? Where does the king go after he's in the field? 
He goes back to his palace. Who goes with him? Everybody who met the king in the field. Anybody who went to go see the king in the field is schlepped back into the palace with the king. Which means we have the opportunity of being in the palace with the king if we take advantage of the time now to go see the king in the field. What does it mean to go see the king in the field? So we'll discuss that. What does it mean in a fight? So we'll talk about that. It's a very nice muscle, doesn't it? Mean? We're going to go get in the car, go to a field, and just hang out and wait for some king to appear. So that's where Shunim Kippur. Vagilui de Elul, the revelation of Elul in the analog. Shudugmas Melech Besada. That's like the king in the field in the parable. Huba'ifin, that is in a way, shagilui, that this revelation ain't a ma'er asad, does not arouse the person. Vurak nasinus kayach laveda. But it's only an empowerment. So again, we don't understand exactly what this empowerment is. Again, don't worry about it because the Rebbe is going to explain it to us. So rather than explain it outside, we'll see it as we go through the mind. But in terms of the mushal, what does it mean? The king's in the field. Okay, and he's paved the road to go see him. All you have to do is walk along the road to go see the king. But you still have to walk along the road to go see the king. If you, didn't, if you don't walk along the road, nothing, nothing happens. You have to go see him. But he's there, and the road's paved. It's not like he's there, and you have to climb some mountain that only a, a mountain climber can climb. No, 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 no. The road is paved. Everything's there. Just go. Fine. That's El. Was that mean in Aveda? Top of the next page. Don't worry. If Ruben Dunin can wait 25 years for Chuva, we can wait half a page for, for, for the answer to that. Right? Such an unbelievable story. Doesn't arouse the person. This empowerment to do that which has to be done that comes as a result of this gilui, who, l'kol echad ve'echad, is for each and every one, gam even the people farthest away. I mean, even if I have to come a long way to go find the king in the field, I can, the road is paved, the king's waiting, he's there. Aye, some people, all they have to do is turn around, other people have to turn around and then walk for miles. Okay, it doesn't matter. The king's there. Deborah Shab once explained the idea that Jews are stiff-necked people. It says a number of times in the Torah that we're stiff-necked, she'erif. He says, what's stiff-necked? He says that in order to do tshuva, not the truth of the Rebbe asked, but doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it to do 25 years late. Just, you know, basic truth in order to bring about certain changes in the way we behave. So all we have to do, to a certain degree, is change our perspective, which means just turning around. I'm looking one way, I have to look another way. To see things differently. But I have a stiff neck. I can't turn around. It won't go. All I have to do is just go like that. Look at life differently. Maybe it's a good ditch of one side, running through the, the market. He stopped and said, where are you running? He said, I'm running to my Parnassa. So maybe it's an asteroid. Oh, how do you know your Parnassa is over there in the direction you're running? Maybe it's over there and you're running away from it. 
depends which way you're facing. Right? It's very important to know which way we're facing. It's an even deeper story that Hasidim tell. It's a marshal that there were a couple of soldiers, three, four, five soldiers, who snuck out of camp and went to the local town just down the road and drank all night. Early in the, you know, late night, early morning, they staggered out of the place, headed back to camp. They had to be in roll call in the morning. They all fell down, passed out on the way. Their luck, the czar came to visit the army base that day. That's called bad luck. Okay. So these five guys have marched in front of the czar. And the czar says, you, 10 years hard labor, you, 15 years hard labor, you, 8 years hard labor, you, 12 years hard labor, you, death. So the fifth guy looks at the Zion and says, Your Majesty, could I ask a question before I die? He says, Certainly. He said, Why did they get hard labor and I'm put to death? We all did the same thing. The Zion says, No. On your way back from the bar, they all fell with their head towards the base. You fell with your head towards the bar. <laughs> we all fall. Which direction are we going when we fall? Whoa. <laughs> it's a very heavy story. So true. We all fall. We all make mistakes in life. Serving God, we're not perfect. We all make mistakes. But where's our head? Is our head towards the bar? Is our head towards God? We just happen to fall on the way. If our head's towards God, okay, it might mean eight years hard labor, but you've got to, there's still another day to live. Right. Very powerful story. Simple, very powerful. So Elul is just the Nesinus Kayak, but the Nesinus Kayak is to everybody, even those farthest away. One, two, three, four, five, six lines up in the bottom of the paragraph. Bedugmas like Melech Besada, like the king in the field. Dekisha Melech, who bematzav zeh, when the Melech's in this situation, the king is in the field, then what? Ain't a matalim He's not, he doesn't instill such fear. You don't feel like you're, you, you, meaning, if you were really afraid, you would run away from the king. No, when the king's in the field, you're drawn to go see the king. You'd like to go see the king. Somewhat inviting, right? Which will come up later in the Maim. Ubefrat, particularly, al Elohim Soim Basoda, particularly those who are found in the field, Shaim Bedarg in the Mucha, who are on a lower level. Because in, in the in the in the Moshal, so there's three levels. There's the people who live in the city. So those people are close to the king. Right? The king lives in the city. They're close to the king. The king is, is part of their consciousness. There's the people who live in the field. Those are people who have a connection to the king, but, they, but they're in the field, so they forget about the king. But now the king's in the field, so they, they remember the king because he's where they are. Then, of course, there's the people in the midbar, in the desert. So that's a different kettle of fish, as they say, and the, and the, and the Rebbe will talk about those people. Right? How does the king relate to them? The king doesn't go to the desert, because what's the desert? The desert represents a reality devoid of the king, right? It's a mushal, it's a parable. 
Right? Okay, so obviously the king's not there because that's what the desert is. It's a place where a person is, has created for themselves a place where the king isn't. Okay, so the king is going to be in the field. So he can leave the desert and go to the field. Those are the people farthest away. Furthermore, now the Rebbe says something that, that you might find a little annoying and, and maybe you, 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 you say, well, I'm not so sure. Maybe it does arouse a certain desire to go see the king. We'll, we'll deal with that later in the Mimer, so don't worry about it now. When the Melech is in this situation, he doesn't even arouse a desire to go see him. Meaning the desire has to come from me, not from him. That's what the Rebbe is emphasizing at this point. You might think that if the king's in the field, well, maybe I do sort of want to go see the king. If I hear he's in the field, I'm not going to want to go see him. But the Rebbe will discuss that later in the mind. But at this point, we're, we're dealing with the mushal of the Alter Rebbe in its purest form and most complete, you know, sort of black and white form. The king in the field is all about you approaching the king. It comes from you. Yes, the, pay, the road has been paved. Yes, the king is a place where you can go see him. But ultimately, it's up to us to go see the king. That aspect of Aveda, that aspect of Elul, Anila Doidi, because that's what we're trying to explain. Why is Elul still Anila Doidi? Why does it maintain that character? Even though there's a revelation from above called the Yudgam Yisrach. Okay. Vezeu, and this Shemadayik by Maimer, and that which the Alter Rebbe is careful, carefully states in the Maimer, Kol Anybody who wants to go see the king. That's the Lushan of the, the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe doesn't say anybody who sees the king, he's received graciously. Anybody who wants to go see the king. That which they go out to see the king, that's a function of their desire. That's the dagesh, that's the emphasis now. But the empowerment, to go see the king, that's a result of the fact that the king's in the field, because I can want to go see the king all day long if the king's in the palace. Gay <laughs> Pfeiffer. There's no hava mean I'm going to go see the king. He's in his palace. Go knock on the door. What's going to happen? In earthly terms, the Rebbe's davening in 770. I want to go see him. I can't. The Rebbe's in his room. <laughs> I'm not going to go see him. I'm going to knock on the door. I'm not moving, do Right? Reuben is the only guy any of us know who could knock on the door. I mean, I guess the Maskirim could. You know, the secretaries could if something happened. They could knock over. They, you know, they would call. Reuben was the only one that we knew. That anybody knew. The Rebbe made a deal with. He would knock very quietly. There were times when the Rebbe wouldn't answer the door. Then he knew it could go away. I have to look for it in the book because this is what I heard. I don't. I, I, have to, I want to find it in the book. See if he talks about it in the book. But I, this is a story about Reuben that we all heard, uh, so I assume it's true. Um, that he at one point was learning Tanya with the Rebbe. The Rebbe said he would learn Tanya with him. And he once showed up one minute late. The Rebbe never let him learn with him again. You used to learn the Tanya with the Rebbe. Yes. He showed up one minute late. That was the end of the Tanya Chavus. Oh my gosh. Rebbe said, no, don't ever come back. Oh my gosh. Rebbe's serious. 
You want to learn Tanya with the Rebbe? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, show up three minutes late to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. What is he doing with those two? You just wasted three minutes. You know what he gets done in those minutes? Why? What are you doing? <laughs> he showed up one minute late. Why did he show up one minute late? Because he was preparing himself to go in. He didn't want to... He had slept in. A, he'd, he went to sleep before he went to learn because he didn't want he was he was feeling tired and he wanted to be refreshed so he went to sleep and he woke up like a minute late and he ran and he, he refreshed himself washed his face he didn't want to be groggy and he so it took him an extra minute and he walked in a minute late and the rabbi said no the chavrus is over that's the story i remember hearing but I, i'm gonna look it up in the book because he, he wrote a book but that's the story we all heard you know when i was a baka we all heard that story but we've been doing it <laughs> one minute. Poor guy. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Okay. Wasn't the Rebbe also like, for some reason, he, there was a minute that was wasted somewhere, and it took him like. Oh, it was an hour. Was it was an, an hour, hour, and the Rebbe added a minute a day for two months. The Rebbe got stuck in, in, in traffic, or there was a, a problem with the car coming back from the oil one day, and the Rebbe got back an hour later. And the Maskirim said, the Rebbe never talked about it, but the Maskirim said that they noticed that the Rebbe added one minute to a certain learning Seder that the Rebbe had right, for the next two months to make up the hour. <laughs> Took two months. Now, you never really make it up, right? Because that minute's something. But, but the Rebbe added a minute to a certain learning just for the next 60 days to make up the hour. <laughs> what was who is this person? Ruven Dunan. He was a chosid here in Haifa. Very special guy. Tractor driver. The Rebbe's tractor driver. The Rebbe had a train conductor. That was Shlem Kamaidanchik. The Rebbe had a tractor driver. That was Ruven Dunan. The Rebbe had all sorts of interesting characters who... He had a coach. Ah, the coach also, right? The, the coach. That was a little different. The coach wasn't, you know, these guys were mamish chosidim who, who had... Ruven Dunin was responsible for more Balei Tshuva here in Eretz Yisrael than anybody else over a 25-30 year period in Lubavitch. He, he, he was Makar, and he was not friendly, warm, and cuddly. He was tough as nails. I mean, he was really gruff. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know, what that, that, I don't know where that, but he was extremely gruff and not... Okay. Ruven. He was a legend in his time. There's no doubt about it. He really was a legend in his time. Right. <clears throat> so the Nasinus Kayak is by virtue of the fact that the king is in the field. Sha'az, then, last line, Biyesibasada, when he's in the field. <coughs> I'm sorry, did we I think I think I skipped half a line. I'm sorry. That that which they go out to see the king, that's mitzad their rutzen. Elo, second last line. Shanasinas kayak, but the empowerment, to go see the king. Who are you, Deshamelech Basada? The king's in the field. I can go see him. He's somewhere where I can see him. I can't see him in his palace. I'm not allowed in. Shaaz, Biyesa Basada, Yeshnei Rashus, Viyachailis, when he's in the palace. And the Rebbe, now the words of the Friedrich Rebbe are no longer in brackets, they're just part of the. Part of the Mimer, they're the Rashus, the, the permission and the Echelis, the ability, Lakol, Echod, Vechod, to each and every one, Lahakbil, Melech, to go see the king. Now, in Dalid, the first paragraph, the Rebbe's going to ask a number of questions, two which are really five. Okay? Two different questions. And, uh, but but the, the last question is divided into four parts. We'll see it quickly now. We've got eight minutes. Davening is now starting at 10 to, not quarter to, okay? Say that that was an official 
decision made because the because the post high school learns chassidus till quarter two. Okay, so they're going to show up. That means you guys get a seat, right? So they they'll show up at you know quarter two, and I'm going to start how you do. I take me. I'll start shibana beisamikdash at ten two. I you know. I'm not going to dive in any faster, but it is true. We're not going to have to walk around and try to find six people who are ready for 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 Boracle. So you know, davening will take a lot less time. It used to be most of the time was just walking around looking for people ready. Now, Baruch Hashem, we don't have to worry. <coughs> There's all sorts of people who say the words fast. Okay, so. Let's just see the questions. We'll go over the questions again tomorrow to make sure we understand them, but we'll see them today also. Because we have seven minutes. Okay, the next paragraph, the Rebbe is asking two, which are really five questions. At first glance, in order to explain that the revelation of Elul and the empowerment that comes as a result of this revelation who l'kol echod ve'echod is to each and every one. Meaning that's what, that's what the mushal is. The mushal is coming to tell me what? Two things. We just learned this today. That Aleph, the king is there for everybody. <coughs> Base, it's only in a sinus koyach. It's not an empowerment. Okay, but the first thing is that the king's there for everybody. Anybody who wants can go see the king. Therefore, Nageya, it's relevant, rak only, Four prefixes only in Lashna Kaidish. That when Hamelech, the Melech, Basod is in the king is in the field, Rashaim, Vayikhailim, they are permitted and able, Kol Mishiraitse, anybody who wants, Lahak Bil to go greet him. Now the Rebbe asked the question. Valama Mesif, so why does he add the Alter Rebbe in the mushroom? that the king receives everybody graciously and that the king shows a shining or a joyous face to all why is the response of the king part of the marshal keep reading then we'll come back particularly that which the king responds to us coming to see him and he receives us graciously and he shows them a joyous face who that is hamshocha the drawing down of godliness the vadoidili right vagilui and the revelation milamaila from above shala after our veda Aravade as we go see the king, Anila Daidi, and then there's Vadaidi Li. So what's the Vadaidi Li that comes after our our Anila Daidi? When does that happen, according to the Alter Rebbe, in the Mimer? Tishrei. Tishrei. Doesn't happen in Elul. There is a Daidi Li in Elul. That's the Yudgami Yisrachmi. But that's before, and we're trying to figure out why it's still Anila Daidi. We said all that. Okay, we get that. The Daidi Li that comes after you and I do something, that's Tishrei. That's Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. What's that doing in the field? We're not in the field in Tishrei. So why is the king's response part of the marshal? Now, interestingly enough, if you ask your average person, Lubavitcher, non-Lubavitcher, the marshal of the Alter Rebbe in Elo, what will they say? Two words. Melech Basada. That's what they'll say. What won't they say? 
Did you even know that the king's response was part of the mushal before you saw it today? I mean, if you saw the mushal somewhere else, you knew. But if you didn't see, you just, I don't know, I didn't know that. But the king receives them and show whoever you heard about that. All your king, the king is in the field. If you want to go see him, you go. That's the mushal. So, so the Rebbe is asking an incredibly powerful question. Why is the king's response part of the mushal? That should be in the palace. That's Tishrei. Whoa. After the <coughs> our service, doesn't make sense. Not understood. The, the, the drawing down of godliness by Gilu in the revelation after the Aveda, the Vedoidi Li that comes after a Niladoidi. And the Mushal of Melech Besada, the parable of Melech Besada, who beer alagilu is an, an explanation on the revelation to Elul. Of Elul itself. Shuhu, Nasinus Kayach. It's an empowerment. And the Lifnei Aved, before the Aved, the Anila Day. That's the whole idea, the whole idea of Malik It's all about the Anila Dirdi of it. How can it be that it's still Anila Dirdi if there's a revelation of the Yudgim Omidus Arachamim at the beginning of heaven? What's the answer? Melech It's like Melech It's not a Hisarus. It's only an Asinus Kayak. It's Shayak to everybody. And anybody who wants to go see the king can go see the king. End of Masha. No. King receives everybody graciously and shows them a shining face. Why? I mean, I'm glad he does that. That's nice. But why is that part of the mushroom? That's tissue. That's a really powerful question in the mushroom. That's the first question. We'll do the next uh, the next four questions in a minute. <coughs> we also have to understand shnei and yonim. These two different ideas. Shehu Aleph, there's two verbs and two adjectives. That's the four. It's really one question, but it's divided into four because there's two different verbs and there's two different adjectives. He receives us and he shows us. He receives us graciously, he shows us a joyous face. What are those four things? That's what the Rebbe asks now. Begam Sarklav. these two different ideas. Shehu Mekablam, he receives them. The word receives is in a different font, right? Is it in a different font in yours too? Yeah. Yay. And he shows them a joyous face. Okay, the two different verbs. Vagam and also. Relative to the verb receives them. It says a, a positive countenance. Graciously. Saver Panim Yafes is an idiom in Hebrew which means re- receiving people graciously. That's what it means. Ubenagelamadalahem talks about showing them. Doesn't say graciously. What's that all about? What are these two different responses of the king? In the Mashal, there's two different responses of the king. What are they? I don't understand why there's any response. That's the first question. The second question is, what are these responses? What, there's four variables, two verbs, two adjectives. Okay. 
we'll pick up tomorrow. We'll go through the questions again first thing tomorrow and then see what the answer is.